Hey guys, welcome to the One Life Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today, and we hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. Enjoy the message. I've titled my message this morning, Preconceived Conclusions, Blind Effective Communication. And uh, how many times have we, you know, already jumped ahead, concluded the story before it's finished? We can all be guilty of that. Someone starts the story, someone starts something, and we've already concluded. We've already got our conclusion sorted before they even finish what they're saying. And uh, years ago, there was a, um, an ad on TV for King G, and I'm sure we all, most of us, I'll be surprised if we haven't seen it before. But I'd just like to play it again just to show a... Uh, What's not effective communication, I believe. I just want to turn to John chapter 9. It's my, one of the most, most favourite stories in the whole Bible. But uh, I just uh, want to go there again today. John chapter 9. We're reading from verse 1. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned? this man or his parents, that he was born blind. Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Interesting, isn't it? Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? The way I see it, this man was a well-known man uh, that you know it was known that he was blind from birth and it seems to me that the people who knew him people who knew him were all knew him as a place as a person sorry that was blind they were in a place of judgment they judged him right from the beginning I believe they said who sinned this man or his parents so there was a preconception there that this man was a sinner there was a preconception there. If it wasn't him, it must be his parents. There was a preconceived idea. There was a conclusion that sin had caused his blindness. And Jesus said, no, sin didn't cause his blindness. He's just, he's a blind man. But I want to perform the works of God. I want to show the glory of God. I want people to see that God is a God that cares, a God that heals. And, you know, I'm the light of the world is what he was saying. And who's the light of the world now? Who did Jesus say that was the light of the world now? It was us. We are the light. He said, you were once darkness, but now we're our light. Just fighting with these glasses. <laughs> so they, see, he was condemned as a sinner himself or the result of his parents' sin. He was blind because he deserved it. That seemed to be the attitude. He was blind. He was a sinner. He deserves to be blind. That seems to be the pre preconceived uh, conclusion that they had let's read on a bit more verse 6 when he had said these things he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and he said to him go wash in the pool of Siloam which is translated sent so he went and washed and came back seeing so no preconceived conclusions here is there you know, Jesus had no doubts in his ability to heal the blind man. There was no second guessing. It was, oh, I'll pray for this bloke and I'll, I'll see if God heals him. I hope God's healed him. If I, you know, make this uh, clay, make this, uh, 
you know, spit on the saliva. Oh, sorry, the saliva is the spit. <laughs> if I uh, make the clay out of, you know, saliva and, and mud, what's the word I was looking for? <laughs> I lost the word. Anyway, he had no preconceived ideas. He knew who he was. He knew what he could do. He knew what faith could do through him. And uh, the blind man, well, he had no he, he had no preconceived ideas either. You know, the, he had no scars or preconceived conclusions about whether whether or not mud made out of spit and clay then washed off was going to make him see. He didn't know. He didn't say, well, oh, hang on, I don't know whether this has worked. I'm not, I don't think that's the right way to G- do it, Jesus. Wouldn't it be better if we did it another way? You know, wouldn't it be a, a great if we could do it some other way? He never even gave it a thought. Jesus just made the clay. He probably, the mud, I should say. He probably didn't even see him do it. He, somehow he must have known he'd done it. And Jesus just said, go and wash. What did he do? He went and washed. That's all he did. He was obedient. See, the blind man wasn't bitter about his situation. He wasn't twisted about his blindness. And most importantly, he wasn't territorial about it either. By that I mean he didn't have the attitude, this is my ailment and no one's going to take it away from me. (laughs) See, there are people like that nowadays. It was a different culture back then. But people sometimes are happy to hang on to their condition. Whilst ever it's advantageous for sympathy or money, monetary gain, some people are happy to hang on to their ailments. They're happy to hang on to their situation. You know, even whether that be physical or spiritual, there may be some of us at times we can struggle for years and years to hang on to something that's so near and so dear to us. And really when the answer is, we'll just submit and humble ourselves and get before God and allow the Spirit of God to touch us and say, well, God set me free from the situation. And other times we just want to hang on to it. Whenever I hang on to this, people are going to feel sorry for me. Whenever I hang on to this, I'm going to have some attention. He didn't want to hang on to his blindness. Straight away he just went. He said, hey, I'm going. And he went and did what Jesus told him to do. Read on to a few more verses. Verse 8. Therefore the neighbours and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. He said, I am he. Therefore they said to him, How were your eyes opened? He answered and said, A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to the pool of Solo and wash. So I went and washed and I received my sight. <laughs> That's how simple it was. Seeing, hearing, seeing and hearing about even receiving miracles doesn't always lead to faith. How many people throughout the Bible saw a miracle? How many people received miracles? There was miracles after miracles. People saw them. They heard about them. Some even received them. And did it change their faith? Not always. Not necessarily. There has to be a faith motivation to receive the miracle, to say, yes, I believe in the miracle of the living God. I believe it was his faith that this man had faith. Jesus said, go and wash. So he went. He had no preconceived ideas you know, about the conclusion. See, faith has to be involved. Miracles are not enough. Or we will have some other sort of conclusion. See, the voice of reason, the voice of unbelief will find an excuse 
for not believing the miracle, even, be, even the miracles before their very eyes. We've got to be careful that we don't listen to the voice of reason. See, seeing is not enough. There has to be believing also. And not only that, there has to be humility in order to change and let go of any preconceived conclusions that we have. See, this man was blind because he or his parents sinned. That's, that's what the conclusion was. This man is blind because he, he or his parents sinned and he'll never be able to see. Once a sinner, always a sinner. He'll never be like us. That was the attitude of the crowd. That was the attitude of the Pharisees and the scribes. That was the fact he'll never be any good. He'll only ever be a sinner. That was a preconceived idea. How many times can we get preconceived ideas about ourselves or about somebody else? They'll never be any good. They'll never amount to anything. They'll never do, you know, anything worthwhile with their lives. And how many times does the Spirit of God change their heart? Often. Changes their lives. See, too many times, but maybe not in this case, but too many times we don't praise God for the miracles in our lives. Sometimes we have the attitude it would have happened anyway. We reason it out. The voice of reason will come along. Oh, well, we've prayed for God for the new job. We prayed for God for our children to do something, you know, to be blessed and, and all those kinds of things. We've prayed for healing. We've prayed for something else. And all the time we forget that we prayed. When it happens, oh, it probably would have happened anyway. I don't think God played much of a part in that after all. We may not necessarily think that, but our attitude depicts that. That, hey, we've got to stop and say, well, I prayed for the blessing. I received the blessing. God provided the blessing. We've got to return and say to God, thank you for providing the blessing. And you know, we can't have the bed each way either sometimes. If we're believing for something and seeking God for something and then we try six other solutions, that's when the attitude comes in, oh, it probably would have happened anyway. We've got to make room for God. Make room. If we make room and pray, then we make room and, and for the thanksgiving as well and return to him as well and say, God, I thank you that you provided that. I thank you you answered my prayer. I rejoice that you answered, you answered me. That, that needs to be that attitude in us as well. Verse 12, I'll read a bit more. And they said, said to him, where is he? He said, I don't know. They brought him who was formerly blind to the Pharisees. Now it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put clay in my eyes and I washed and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, how can a man who was a sinner do such things? And there was division among them. <laughs> see, more preconceived conclusions, isn't there? <laughs> and not for the first time about Jesus, is it? They, they hated Jesus. There was a prejudice against Jesus. You know, this man doesn't even keep the Sabbath. Why not rejoice that this man was healed? Why not rejoice that this man who was blind can see? Oh, he did it on the Sabbath. Oh, naughty boy, Jesus. <laughs> you know, he did it on the Sabbath. That wasn't, that was breaking, yes, their law as such. But Jesus didn't come, you know, to worry so much about the law. He came to fulfill it. That's what he said. 
He brought the law of love. He brought the law of grace. He brought the law of kindness. He brought the law of deliverance. He brought all the, the, the law of the Spirit. And they were missing it. Why? Because they had a preconceived idea that Jesus had to be a sinner uh, or, you know, otherwise he wouldn't have been. <laughs> had to be a sinner because he broke the Sabbath. That's what I'm trying to say. If I get the words out. That was preconceived. It's the prejudice that was kicking in. Verse 17. They said to the blind man again, What do you say about him? Because he opened your eyes. He said, He is a prophet. What did they expect him to say? <laughs> but he gave him the highest honour. They gave him the highest honour. Back in those days, to me anyway, that was the highest honour. My understanding, if someone was a prophet, they had the highest honour back then. So he said, he's a prophet. He's a great fellow. I love this Jesus. He's a, he's a prophet. That's what he said. And uh, he didn't even really know him necessarily. As we read on, we'll find that out. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him who had received his sight. They asked them, saying, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does now he see? How then does he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son and, we, and that he was born blind, but by what means he now sees we do not know. Or who opened his eyes we do not know. He is of age, ask him. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they had feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed he was the Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age, ask him. Simplicity, isn't it? I, I see this blind man, well, should say he who was formerly blind. <laughs> Simpl simplicity can, can be looked over by preconception, can't it? It's just... There has, has to be more to it. This is too easy. You know, this blind man or the man that was formerly blind didn't think the situation had to be complicated, did he? To him, it was uncomplicated. You know, Jesus came along. He put mud on his eyes made out of spit and out of clay. He said, go and wash. And he washed. And now he can see. Now there's a big inquisition about it. You know, there's confusion about it. This man, you know, was he really born blind? Is it really him? This Jesus doesn't keep the Sabbath. You know, this Jesus is a sinner himself. You know, what's going on here? All this stuff is kicking in and all the blind man is saying is, it's pretty simple. <laughs> he sees it's quite simple. It's so easy, you know. It's not compulsory to complicate things. When we spread the gospel, when we're sharing the love of Christ, it's not compulsory to make it complicated. We need to just say it simply. Jesus loves us. Jesus died and Jesus saves us. We accept him. We live according to his way and we'll live with him forever. That's the message that we have. We overcomplicate it. Yeah? Too often we overcomplicate it. Well, this happened, that happened. And, and it's all true, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but the thing is, it's that simple. We we're born sinners. We accept Jesus Christ into our lives. We receive the forgiveness of sin. We walk according to his way and we live with him. Amazing hey? that God would do that, but that's how simple it is. It's not compulsory to make it complicated. You know, he made, may, he made mud, go wash, now I see. End of story. 
for him as end of story. But we'll read on. Verse 24. So they again called the man. They're not satisfied yet. So they again called the man who was blind and said to him, Give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. I was blind, now I see. Hey? That's what I, why complicate it? Why make it any bigger? I can see. He stuck to the facts. I don't know whether he's a sinner or whether he's not. How do we know where other people's are sinners or not? Hey? Same story, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know whether he's a sinner or whether he's not. All I know is it doesn't matter to me. It's of no concern to me whether he's a sinner or not. He can be a sinner or not. It makes no difference to me. All I know that I was blind and now I can see. That's what matters to me. And should we have the same attitude? <laughs> I was blind spiritually, but now I can see. I'm not going to concern myself in stating the obvious or trying to work out whether someone else is a sinner or whether they're not a sinner or whether they need this or whether they need that. I've got to be, have my eyes firmly fixed on Jesus. Whatever i got my eyes on someone else, I haven't got my eyes on Jesus. And we need to make sure that's who we've got our eyes on. Sure, we help one another and sure, we see stuff. I'm not saying that. But all I'm saying is we need to be more concerned where our eyes are at than where someone else's eyes are at. No? Salvation doesn't belong to me. Salvation belongs to Jesus. He's the one that gives the salvation. He's the one that, you know, as people invite Jesus into their hearts, it's not to me. I don't know whether people are saved or unsaved. You know, we can do our gauge according to the word. We can do our judgment. We can do our condemnation. We can do our watering down. We can do all sorts of things, whatever it is. You know, at times it can be watered down too. We need to make sure it's true and accurate. Who's the only one righteous judge? Jesus Christ. Verse 26. Then they said to him again, What did he do here? So it's repetitive, eh? What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him and said, You are his disciples, but we are Moses' disciple. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. The man answered and said to them, why this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from yet he has opened my eyes now we know that god does not hear sinners but if anyone is a worshiper of god and does his will he hears him since the world begun has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind if this man were not from god he could do nothing <laughs> if this man were not from god he could do nothing see the seeing man now I call him the seeing man, <laughs> was not in unbelief but in disbelief. <laughs> he was in disbelief that the religious leader couldn't see what he could see. It was so obvious to him. It was obvious. As far as he's concerned, he was stating the obvious. If this man were not from God, how could he do these things? And you're saying that this man is not from God, but I'm saying he must be from God. He's got to be from God. Why is this so marvellous to you? Why are you so confused? Why don't you know? You are the religious leaders. Why don't you know that God hears people that worship him? God hears people, uh, unrepentant sinners, uh, praying. God hears those things. Sorry, he's repenting sinners praying. 
But, you know, he just thought he was more in disbelief at them. See, the Pharisees' prejudice and hatred of Jesus was blinding their ability to see the obvious. It was blinding their ability to see the obvious. Verse 34, you know, they answered and said to him, you were completely born in sins and you are teaching us. And they cast him out. <laughs> Isn't that the, uh, the uh, what is it, the modus operandus? Isn't that the normal way that they treated people like that? You know, whenever they encountered something, someone that, didn't, that they didn't want to know about or didn't want to hear, they got rid of it. They stopped it. You know, they stopped their ears when Stephen was sharing the word. They wanted to throw Jesus off a cliff. They wanted to do all these kinds of things at different times, didn't they? They wanted to stop. And it didn't even preach the truth. You were completely born in sins. It is the truth. But the next part is not the truth. When they, they were disregarding their sin. You were completely born in sins and you're teaching us. Who is not born in sin? My Bible says... You know, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So they wouldn't have had the Bible back then, but they would have had the, the teaching. They would have had the knowing that everyone was born in sin. Everyone was under the curse of the original sin. Everyone, you know, would have known that. But here they are judging this poor bloke. You were blind because you were a sinner. You were completely born in sins because you were blind from birth. But no, we're all right. We know boats. <laughs> We know, we know about it. See, they weren't sharing the fullness of the gospel. They weren't believing the fullness of the gospel. They weren't putting themselves in a position to humble themselves. They weren't allowing this. Obviously, the man that was formerly blind had nothing to say that they wanted to hear. We've got to believe people that everyone has something to say whether we want to hear it or whether we don't want to hear it, there is something to say. We have a message. Who, uh, you know, All believers have a message that the world needs to hear, whether they want to hear it or not. That's not an optional thing. Whether they want to hear it, they need to hear it. There's the difference. Jesus is the gift that the world needed. They may not have wanted him. They may still not want him. But Jesus is the gift. Jesus is what people need. How will they receive Jesus unless they hear about Jesus? And how will they hear about Jesus unless we're the ones that share the message of Jesus being the saviour of the world?